It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Thursday morning, and good morning to you out there. It's a little bit interesting out there with a little bit of dampness. I think we're being saved a little bit by the temperature that's not dropping below freezing. So, But it seems damp, and we're not really drying out on the roadways. I was out adventuring yesterday. I ended up down in Wisconsin Dells to the Fair Association Convention. Really a neat idea. So much excitement down there to see with the county fairs and the egg fairs and just the local fairs and so much support. And down at the convention, they do pick the fairest of the fair. And the fairest of the fair for 2023 is Charlene Swedland. She's from Greene County. I did get a chance to visit with her and we'll be hearing from her just a little bit later. And um, yours truly was honored also as friend of the fairest. Um, truly an honor. Just I just love doing what I'm doing. But uh, the 2022 Fairest of the Fairs, Jackie Rosenbush, I interviewed her a few times throughout the summer, and I uh, spent some time down at the state fair with her. And and apparently, it didn't. I just told her what I was thinking and gave her some compliments. And apparently that's just really what she needed because she was to a lot of fairs over the summer. She said she was running on empty when we did our interview and I gave her compliment about how she can really knows her stuff. And she was really good at the answer to the question that I threw at her. And, and she said that just made her day and, I'm just truly honored just to be doing what I love and having a good time out there, meeting with youth, meeting with adults, just talking agriculture and talking about all the good things that the youth are doing out there to promote the agriculture because they are the future. And it just, I'm I'm totally humbled by this because I just think it's cool to be down there and I was not expecting it at all. I had a personal invite down to Wisconsin Dells for this, for the banquet. I'm like, all right, so I'll just go. And I I just, it's just really neat to see. There was 36 young ladies up there competing for the Ferris to the Fair. They all spoke. They introduced themselves. They answered questions. And just, just phenomenal to see all the things that they can do and talk about. I know I was not that eloquent in speaking of any kind at that age, and uh, there are times I'm not now. So, you know, just to see the maturity. And from our area, in the top five was um, uh, Samantha Wirtz from the Northern Wisconsin State Fair. And then she won Miss Congeniality. I did get a chance to chat with her too, and that will—I'll put that on the air another time, and we'll just see what she had to say. And it's the encouragement. You see the encouragement between each other, and you know it's a competition, but the relationships that they make between each other and they help each other out, and it's just—it's really fulfilling, and it's really neat to see. 
So we're about, we better get back here to Eau Claire. I am running on about three hours sleep, so hopefully we could just kind of get through all this stuff, and I feel like a nap today. But, you know, not until the work is done. Our weather today is 29, but right now we're sitting at 33 degrees. So I'm not quite sure. We'll have to find out from Mike Dandria all about the temperature and if it's going to be falling a lot or if we're just going to stay steady at 33. And like I said, it was kind of a saving grace coming back from Wisconsin Dells last night that the temperature did not drop below freezing because it was misting and kind of spitting on me all the way back home. So today, 29, cloudy and breezy. Tonight, 12. Tomorrow, 24 and mostly sunny. Tomorrow night, 10 degrees. Saturday, 33, partial sun. Sunday, 37, partial sun. Monday, 36 and cloudy. Tuesday and Wednesday, 30, 31 and partial sun. It'll be nice to see that sun out there again. So that's a little bit about what I was up to yesterday. It's time to get doing some chores. But we better get on to some national news. We're two minutes after five here at Wax 104.5. And let's hear what they've got to say. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. A new report says aides to President Biden have found a second batch of classified material at a new location. Mark Mayfield has the story. This comes after the White House acknowledged on Monday that a small number of classified documents were found at an office Biden used after leaving the Obama administration. NBC News reports the additional documents have now been found in a separate location. Biden aides have been searching for classified materials that may be in other areas after the initial batch was found just before the midterm elections at a Washington think tank. The president said this week he was surprised to learn any records had been found and that he's unaware of what's in them. The Justice Department is reviewing the incident. The historic storm slamming much of California just won't quit. At least 18 people have died. Meteorologist Ted Schlepfer says there will be a break in the storms Thursday, but more is moving in this weekend. That could be followed on Saturday by a a stronger storm that could bring more widespread wind along with a more moderate to heavy rain. About 5 million people were under flood watches on Wednesday. A Columbus, Ohio mother is facing charges following the death of her 5-year-old son earlier this week. Officers were called to Nationwide Children's Hospital Monday after the boy was pronounced dead, with doctors believing that he had suffered from prolonged starvation. Investigators say 44-year-old Sado Mohammed Adam told them her son was ill for weeks, but she didn't seek medical attention because she heard voices that told her not to. English rock legend Jeff Beck is dead at the age of 78. His family confirmed the news in a statement Wednesday, saying he recently contracted bacterial meningitis. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And that is such a fun song, crazy little thing called Love from Dwight Yoakam. Time to look at our temperatures around the area. Eau Claire, 33. Medford, 30. Rice Lake, 31. Wausau, 33 and cloudy. Green Bay, 30 and cloudy. Marshfield, 32 and cloudy. La Crosse, 34. Madison, 33 and cloudy. And Milwaukee, 36 and cloudy. So we're hanging out just above the freezing mark most of our places, a little below in some. 
I on my adventure down to Wisconsin Dells, I had to tend out. I ended up taking quite a detour. There was quite a pile up along I ninety four. I don't know. Somebody said eighteen semis. It was it was a lot. We were we were rerouted, and it took me about twice as much time to get down to Wisconsin Dells as it normally does. But on my way back, I did was able to use the westbound interstate, and there were still semis tipped over and jackknifed in the median. So, uh, you know, it just kind of snowballs a little bit on you when we're, there's accidents happening. Um, we're going to be doing some farm news. We're going to talk a little bit about beef exports. Um, reports done by the USDA and, you know, drought relief. It's maybe some of it is turning around. And our long audio today is with Pam and Representative Travis Trannell. He's the chair of the Ag Senate Ag Committee, and he's a farmer. She asked him a little bit about why do you keep doing this when you're a farmer? His biggest answer was because it needs to be done. And there's people out there that need to hear what's going on, and and I totally agree that uh, it seems like legislatures listen to the farmers, and we've heard that over and over because they want to hear the farm story. Well, you better get through some more chores. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And that's my cue to start working on the markets. Our markets today are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Let's get started with our cash livestock. Choice fed beef, beef steers are 146 to 160 with mixed at 109.5 to 145.5. Fed beef, choice, choice fed beef heifers are 145.5 to 160.5 with mixed at 88 to 145. Choice fed Holstein steers are 130 to 140 with select and Silage fed steers, 84 to 129. Cows are 65 to 105. Bulls are 59 to 99. Butcher hogs are 49.5 to 66. Sows are 40.5 to 42.5. Boars are 17 to 31. Shorn and unshorn market lambs are both 115 to 132. Feeder lambs are 125 to 275. Ewes are 75 to a dollar. Small goats are 35 to 255 dollars. Medium goats are 75 to 275 dollars. Large goats are 140 to 530 dollars. With nanny goats at 50 to 210 dollars. Swinging on over to our futures markets. Our live cattle. February 157.75. Holding pretty steady. April, 161, 32 and a half, a down 32 and a half. June, 157, 32 and a half, down 17 and a half. And August, 157, 45, down 17 and a half. Our feeder cattle markets for January, 183, 12 and a half, down $1.17 cents. March, 185, 55, down 95 cents. April 189.57.5 down 95 cents and May 193.12.5 cents down a dollar seven and a half. That market is trending downwards. Our lean hog carcasses for February 79.30 down 50 cents. April 88.40 down a dollar 12.5. May 95.65 a down 57.5 cents and June 104. And a quarter down a dollar five, and our Chicago Board of Trade 
Those markets are corn, oats, soybeans, soybean meal, and wheat. They're all trending upward. So our March corn, six fifty nine up three cents. Oats three fifty up a penny. Soybeans fifteen oh six for March up thirteen cents. And our soybean meal four hundred seventy nine dollars a ton up four dollars a ton. Wheat eight dollars and twenty four cents up two cents. And our dairy markets for our cheese barrels a dollar eighty. No change from yesterday. Forty pound blocks. $2.18.5, no change. And our grade AA butters, no change at $2.43. Our class three milk futures for January 1958, up five cents. February 1929, up 19 cents. March 1863, down four cents. April, up three cents to 1888. And May 1920, up nine cents. There's not a lot of movement in that market through the end of the year. Few cents here or there, up and down, so it's staying pretty steady, and that's kind of refreshing to see. We're going to do a little bit more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Charlene Sweetland. She is the 2023 Fairs to the Fairs. She just got the honor last night through a lot of hard work. It's kind of fun to interview her right away just to get her reaction because boy, she was excited. I had the opportunity to go down to the fair convention. You might ask, what is the fair convention? What do they do? They do a lot of interesting stuff with county fairs, local fairs. But one of the big things they do is they choose the next Wisconsin Fairs to the Fairs. And I had the opportunity to catch up to her. The 2023 Wisconsin Fairs to the Fairs is Charlene Sweetland. What an honor you got here. But you had a few things to do along the way before you got here, right? Yeah. um, So working up to this moment, I did a lot of networking. I reached out to people who, in my eyes, were community leaders just to see what their perspective was and see what they, in their minds, made a good ambassador for all Wisconsin fairs. And I always got the same answer every single time, and that was to be true to yourself, to remember your why. So why why do I want to do this? And then to always smile. And you definitely did that. And you were picked out of a field of about 36, I think. Is that about right? Yeah, that's correct. And the process of going through things, did you do some speeches and questions? What all went into the getting you here? So... This process is about a three-day process. We get here Sunday, and then obviously finals and banquet night is a Wednesday. There are individual interviews, group interviews. Um, there's lunch with the judges, just conversation. Um, there's a lot of workshops and networking that we get to do even while we're in the waiting process in between interviews and everything. So it's a very it's a very long process, but it is you learn so much. And you learn a little bit about yourself, I'm betting too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna take a little look ahead. What do you think you're looking forward to the most? Honestly, I'm looking forward to doing what I love and that is being an ambassador and an advocate for all things fair. And now you're not just from Greene County anymore. You're the Wisconsin Fairs to the Fairs for twenty twenty three. Charlene Switland, and I'm Joe Welke. Keeping it rural 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're going to grab a little bit of farm news before we head on over to our, our longer audio. According to the USDA's latest report on U.S. farms and ranches, some of those numbers are very interesting. The 2022 report, that includes nearly 10 million farms counted in the U.S. in 2021, 98% of those farms are still family farms producing 80% of the total value production. And of those family farms, 89% are considered small farms, yet farm 45% of the land used in production. When operating profit margin is considered, 54% of the large farms are at the low-risk category, with only 18% of the small farms falling in the low-risk category. 14% of all farms use crop insurance to make ends meet, but 62% of row crop farms use crop insurance. We're going to be swinging. It's 19 minutes after 5 five o'clock at here at wax 104.5 we're going to be swinging on over hearing from pam and representative travis trannell he is the chair of the senate ag committee and he's a farmer a little bit about why he does what he does and what's coming up first some chores wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report The elections are over, our candidates have been sworn in, and now business actions start to approach the state capitol. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Now, as far as our Assembly Agriculture Committee is concerned, we've actually got a farmer that is the chair of the Assembly Ag Committee. His name, Representative Travis Trannell from southwest Wisconsin. Are there many business items that agriculture needs to focus on in the 2023 session? That's what we talked about, along with the fact that there are very few people at the state capitol anymore that represent Wisconsin agriculture as producers or really understand it to begin with. Well, I mean, just like any other industry, the last couple of years have obviously been tough on all of us. So I think as producers and farmers, we're thankfully to be on the other side of those years. Uh, in terms of state government, though, uh, We invested quite heavily in the dairy hub, the innovation hub, as you might remember, and they are really starting to get their feet underneath them, and we're hoping to see some good results come out of that. We're almost into that project now to the tune of $24 million. So uh, as we were struggling to get through the last couple years in the pandemic, uh, there was still work being done behind the scenes to make sure that Wisconsin remains on the forefront when it comes to agriculture and especially agricultural research. So I would say, uh, yeah, there were a lot of good things uh, being done at the state level to to not only advance our industry, but also protect it. A lot of grant monies that also continued to go out to different watershed groups, uh, Wisconsin Department of Ag Trade and Consumer Protection, acting as coordinator for some more meat processing investments. You know, uh, when it comes to the diversity of topics and subjects in agriculture in Wisconsin, we've got a bunch. And, you know, one thing you touched on, Travis, that $24 million investment from the state for the Dairy Innovation Hub, one item that sometimes is forgotten is the reinvigoration of the brain trust here in Wisconsin agriculture. That's something the Dairy Innovation Hub has taken very seriously. Yeah, and it's been kind of neat to see all those groups get together under one umbrella and just start to put their heads together. And even you brought up the producer-led watershed groups, those groups are so important in doing such fantastic work throughout our state because 
as you know, in addition to being in the legislature, I'm actually a farmer myself, and nothing drives farmers more upset than when it's the state or the federal government telling us how to run our farms. But because farmers have taken such a interest in these watershed groups and truly are participating in trying to find best practices for their areas, their regions, uh, that's really given us the ability as legislators to turn to some of these enforcement agencies and say, hey, just uh, give these guys a little bit of time to figure this stuff out because as we all know, there's nobody more interested in protecting the environment, protecting the soil than farmers. And uh, we just want to make sure that it's us as farmers coming up with these solutions and these ideas, not people that sit behind a desk and think that they have uh, the next great idea. Yeah. State Representative Travis Trinnell along with us. You know, the other thing that people are going to notice, end of the calendar year, Travis, you know, everybody sees it across their desk. Property taxes come in depending on where you live. It might shock you. It may not surprise you. Uh, Wisconsin agriculture still uh, very much happy with the use value assessment that we've got in this state. But you also want a little bit of oversight, pay a little bit of attention into some of, what shall we say, our absentee owners, our investor owners out there? Sure. Uh, that's been an interest of mine for a few sessions now, and I think anybody that's still farming in Wisconsin in 2022 is probably pretty interested in it as well. Uh, I am and always will be a big supporter of use value, uh, but I do think we need to make sure that in the next uh, several decades to come that it's actually Wisconsin farmers and producers that can afford to own Wisconsin farmland. And so we've been starting to look uh, for ways in our office that we can make sure that it remains attractive for producers and for farmers uh, to be able to own farmland, and frankly, that hopefully it's still affordable uh, in a generation from now, because the trend that we're currently on is obviously uh, quite concerning. Yeah, number one issue of young farmers, can't afford the land. You know, one thing that we do want to remind people, there's been all kinds of news out, Bill Gates, biggest farmland owner, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Wisconsin has tried to uh, limit some of that kind of investment, right, Travis? Yeah, in Wisconsin, currently it's illegal for uh, foreign uh, nationals to own more than 600 acres of farmland. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that number go down to zero myself. Uh, but when it comes to uh, individuals investing in Wisconsin farmland, there's really not anything on the books. And from our research, it'd be quite difficult to put anything on the books. Mm -hmm. But there are ways, creative ways, that we could maybe make it more conducive for farmers and producers to own farmland. Another thing that we looked at, and we were able to actually pass in the 17-18 session, uh, currently Wisconsin farmers uh, pay uh, the full evaluation on all of their buildings, all of their grain setups, all of their handling uh, property. So there might be an opportunity to maybe to extend use value to those facilities as well. And that would make a lot of sense to me because chances are the people that own the infrastructure probably are Wisconsin residents and probably are actually involved in running operations. And to me, it would make more sense to give them uh, the tax benefit as opposed to somebody who lives in California and just wants to take advantage of owning Wisconsin farmland. Yeah, right. You talk about infrastructure, Travis. That's another thing that seems to be on the, the backs of a lot of Wisconsin farmers and landowners is what's going on with our roads, what's going on with our bridges. You think there may still be a good case to secure more monies to try to improve our infrastructure in Wisconsin? 
Well, we're certainly trying, and I'm hoping we can get some support from all of the Wisconsin ag groups at the Capitol. But right now, as your listeners might be aware, we do currently have about a $6.5 billion surplus. Mm -hmm. And I really think this would be an opportunity for us as legislators that represent rural areas to hopefully drive a significant portion of that money into specifically town roads. as you well are aware, Wisconsin has mostly chip-sealed town roads. Uh, we did that in the mid 1900s because we had so many uh, farms that were milking cows, dairy farms located out on these town roads, and we wanted to make sure the milk trucks could get in and get out and get that milk to the processor. And frankly, we really haven't upgraded our town roads since then. And town governments obviously operate under levy limits, as they should. Nobody wants to pay higher property taxes. But I think since uh, agriculture in Wisconsin represents over a $100 billion industry, it's only fair that we invest in that infrastructure. The equipment's gotten a lot bigger since the 1950s. Farmers are farming a lot more acres since the 1950s. And that's just the reality of the environment that they operate in. But they shouldn't be do they shouldn't be doing more damage to their equipment when they're traveling down a town road than when they're actually using it in their field and in some cases they are so i would hope that we would take advantage of this opportunity of having a surplus and drive that conversation to actually investing in some town road infrastructure state representative travis trattle along with us like he said one of the only remaining farmers that is active in policy work at the state capitol that brings me to kind of my final question here travis why are you still there i mean honestly for as uh, outstanding a producer as you are and uh, as many irons in the fire as you've got there's a lot of people that have gone before you representing agriculture they get into the state house they see how the process works or maybe doesn't work either become frustrated or uh, just tired of it why do you still keep coming back <laughs> Oh, that's a great question. And the honest answer is because somebody has to do this work. And I feel like I'm in a good position. Amazingly, even though there are only a handful of us that are that have any ag background whatsoever in the legislature, our colleagues really do uh, take our opinions and our positions very seriously. And that was Travis Trannell. He's representing us down at the Senate. And he's the chair of the Senate Ag Committee and a farmer. And he tells us why he's still there. Because they listen. You know, and the more I get out and about, they like to hear our story. So we're almost at 5.30. I need to get a little bit more chores done. And then I had a little bit of a surprise, but I get Travis Barr from Premier Livestock. He'll be coming in next. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And just as promised, I've got Travis Parr from Premier Livestock. So... Weather doing okay over in your area? Yeah, we're uh, we're okay. Uh, yesterday was kind of slippery down here, but uh, no, we're uh, we're good to go today the way it looks. So hopefully we can get on the road here right after we get done with a couple of radio shows we got to do, and then uh, we'll be on the road. All right. Well, let's get you on your way. What happened at Premier yesterday? 
All right, we can do that, Jill. Thank you, uh, everybody, and good morning. Uh, this is kind of the way the livestock sold so far this week here at Premier Livestock. With most of our market cows selling this week on a steady market with them high-yielding cows, 81 to 94. We did top at $99. Most of these market cows selling from 65 to 79 with our low-yielding cows, 64 and down. Fed cattle market continued to trade on the steady market from Monday. Uh, choice uh, and prime Holstein steers mostly from 135 up to 149 with the low-choice and select Holstein steers, 125 to 134. Our choice beef steers and heifers this week trading so far from 142 to 155 with our low choice and select beef steers and heifers trading from 141 and down choice dairy cross steers uh, on monday did trade pretty much from 140 to 153 our market bulls uh, on a steady market again this week uh, high yielding bulls 80 to 98 low yielding bulls 79 and down baby calf market uh, very strong here on monday uh, tapered off a little bit here on tuesday and wednesday but most of the bull calves um but we're pretty much trading from uh, 90 to 150 on uh, Monday. We did top at $230 on them Holstein bull calves. And our quality beef calves this week trading mostly from 150 to 250 with a top on Monday of 385 Holstein um, uh, heifer calves continue to trade on that, that weaker market, kind of from 10 to 30 and our light and uh, poor quality calves trading from $30 and down. Uh, dairy sale here yesterday uh, had a nice run of cows. Um, most of these top quality cows yesterday pretty much selling from 2000 up to 2950 with our good quality cows trading from 1500 to 1975 and our lower quality cows 1475 and down. Top quality spring and heifers yesterday had some very nice heifers in, mostly trading from 1400 all the way to $2000 and the lower quality spring and heifers 1375 and down. Uh, just looking ahead into next week here, um, remember we do have a special bread cow and feeder sale on Tuesday. Looks like it's going to be a pretty good run. So if you have any cattle to consign uh, feeders or bread cows for that sale, please give us a call at your office at 715-229-2500. And today we're going to finish up this week here, uh, starting at 11 o'clock with a sheep and goat sale. And then we go at about 12 o'clock uh, when our baby calves, and then we'll get into the market cattle at, at about 1.30. So that's kind of the way she's shaping up here so far this week here, Jill. Um, pretty steady market all the way across the board. That's always good to hear. Yes, very good. So, well, you take care. Stay safe out on those roads. All right, sounds good. You have a good day. Absolutely. Travis Parr from Premier Livestock. We've got to get through a few more chores, and then we'll see where Mike is at. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Here we are at... 26 minutes before 6 o'clock, and it's time to hear from Mike Dandria, TV 13 meteorologist. Hey, good morning, Jill. How are we doing? Good morning. I'm doing well. Good, good. It's a little easier to get around today, isn't it? It is, and I was very thankful that the weather, the temperature stayed where it was because I came back from Wisconsin Dells last night. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was uh, It was a little mild and still is for the moment. So if you threw some salt down on the driveway yesterday, uh, actually worked out pretty well for you. But today we'll start to see the temperatures drop as we'll have a mainly cloudy sky. And with those winds out of the north, that's going to get us into about the upper 20s. And that's where we'll hang out for most of the day. Tonight a little cooler than we've seen as of late. Partly cloudy and lows dipping to the low teens. Mostly sunny for tomorrow, but highs only into the mid-20s as we maintain that northerly wind. And then partly cloudy again tomorrow night, still into the low teens for our overnight lows. But then we start to get mild again going through the weekend. A little bit of sunshine for Saturday with highs around the freezing point and getting into the upper 30s for Sunday. And going into Monday, that's our next chance at a storm system rolling our way. But it looks like we'll be hanging out more in the warm sector, which would bring us more rain with highs into the upper 30s. 
Tuesday, we start to see more uh, cooler temperatures, but still into the upper 20s and low 30s, mostly cloudy. And then Wednesday, maybe just another chance at a few snow showers, but overall, mostly cloudy and highs into the upper 20s. At the moment, we have those flurries that have pretty much fizzled out in an overcast sky and a temperature right now of 33 degrees in Eau Claire. Well, I'm really enjoying this 33-degree weather, not going to lie. I would have to agree with you on that. And here we go, halfway through January, and we're not expecting any Arctic air. So I think we'll take this as a win, a lot of us anyways. Well, absolutely. I know my shed thawed out, and I spread manure on Tuesday. So the cattle are happy to be laying in new beds. There you go. So there we go. All right, Jill, you have a good one. You too. Thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was Mike Dandria, TV 13, a meteorologist. We're going to swing on over and hear from Morgan McCarthy. She's in the newsroom. Good morning, Morgan. Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Hopefully smoother traffic experience for you this morning. State Patrol certainly hoping for a better and smoother day after those icy roads and accidents closed I-94 for hours yesterday. Maybe you were part of this as the interstate was closed in both directions between Toma and Milston. That was after an early morning crash. Troopers were able to clear the scene yesterday evening, but the delay did cause all kinds of traffic hiccups. Troopers say roads could be icy once again today. Just add that extra time. Back to winter driving in Wisconsin, right? We looked at other headlines that stretch across the state. A fight outside of a school in Oshkosh landed several adults in jail. Police were called to Merrill Middle School in Oshkosh yesterday afternoon saying two students got into a fight and then their family members showed up. Officers took several of the adults, one of the students, into custody. Other students were kept inside the school until the situation calmed down. No word yet on possible charges. We take a peek into the John Deere Green and it turns out a deal between John Deere and American Farm Bureau Federation can make it easier for farmers to repair their farm equipment made by the company. Now, as it stands, you probably know John Deere equipment usually will lock itself down if anyone outside of a company tech tries to repair it. UW-Madison Egg Professor Brian Luck here says that's rough for some farmers who might not have time to wait. If I have a machine that's broken, I can put, you know, somebody to fixing it while I do other things. But I fix it on farm, it gets fixed, and then I can continue my work. In the past, some farmers have even turned to the computer cracking programs to do their own repairs. As we look into other headlines, the three priorities for Wisconsin's largest group of dairy farmers all have to do with water or land. Dairy Business Association yesterday updated its priorities for Wisconsin lawmakers this year. The first is to focus on clean water initiatives. The DBA says the state needs investments in water quality and they want farmers to have a say in those projects. Some other things on that list? Well, they want to see better permitting processes for large dairy farms, a focus on maintaining water quality there. And then that third priority listed by the group would be for state lawmakers to preserve our farmland and conservation land across Wisconsin. Taking a peek onto the political stage, another push to end Wisconsin's personal property tax. A pair of Republican lawmakers, State Senator Dewey Strobel and State Rep Don Nodal, have a new piece of legislation that would end the state's tax on certain things that businesses buy. Strobel says the personal property tax is a drain on small businesses and one of the business community's most hated taxes. Lawmakers have suggested ending the tax in the past, but it has survived. Well, out on the roads, the State Patrol is participating in the Commercial Motor Vehicle Safety Alliance's Human Trafficking Awareness Initiative this week with Sergeant Craig Morehouse saying... Well, human trafficking is a concern that we have in the State Patrol year-round. A lot of the times, the victims of human trafficking, they might not even consider themselves victims. It could be people that were brought to this country, you know, to work, that sort of thing. 
State Patrol will be handing out wallet resource cards, window clings, and brochures during traffic stops and at truck stops as well. And speaking of driving, if you have the pedal to the metal, you know what happens usually. Take a little uh, when you see the uh, cherries and blueberries come on in the rear view. But in California, it turns out 55 to 70 is a suggestion. Drivers there push not only the pedal, but their limits. A recent anonymous survey by Gunther Volkswagen Daytona Beach revealed the average California driver admits to driving 100 miles per hour at least three times over the past month. That same survey showed 60% of drivers don't know what the penalties are for speeding and 1 in 10 drivers don't even think highways should have speed limits. The survey also found that the drivers who have sped over 100 miles per hour the most over the last 30 days at least six times are from Utah. The states keeping it under 100 miles per hour are Nebraska, South Carolina, and South Dakota. I'm Julie Ryan. And we always obey the traffic rules here as I signal, merge safely, and head back to the barn with Jill Walkie in your Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Of course we knew Morgan. We always follow the, the rules of the road because if we don't, somebody's going to find out and we're going to be in trouble. Let's get through some more chores and then we'll, be, we'll do some more farm news. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. As promised, I've got some farm news. Is there finally some drought relief for part of the country? With the winter snows, the percent of the country that is suffering through drought conditions has dropped to 46%. And that may seem high, a high percentage, but when compared to late November, numbers of 57.5%, it has dropped 11.5%, or one-sixth of the country's drought areas has seen relief. In less than just two months, the country as a whole has spent 119 weeks with 40% or more of its land considered to be in drought-like conditions. Even with those heavy snows in parts of the country, 62% of the western regions of the U.S. are still experiencing drought, while the northern and southern plains, the wheat-growing areas, are at 64% drought conditions. But that is down from 75%. The World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimate Report will come out later today with the crops and the stocks estimate as of December 1st. And we'll be talking about that tomorrow. And even with beef export volume down in November, value sets record in key markets. November beef exports totaled almost 116,000 metric tons. That's down 6% from last year's large volume, with export value down 20% percent to almost $846 million. Through the first 11 months of 2022, beef exports value still increased 14% to $10.9 billion, topping the full year record of $10.58 billion set in 2021. January to November export volume was 1.36 million metric tons. That's up 3% from the record pace of 2021. So there's still a lot of beef going out there. A lot of, a lot of people needing that beef and the markets are doing very well for right now. But you know, it could all change with the way the drought conditions have been and the demand and the supply. It's all a wait and see process. Let's get some more chores done before we heading before we head to markets. For those who work in acres, 
not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Here we are at quarter to six. It's 33 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Mandy and Baron Equity. For fed cattle, our high-yielding choice Holstein steers sold 135 to 148, topping at 150.50. Choice Holstein steers sold 110 to 134. Unfinished steers and heifers sold 110 and down. As for cull cows, the top 20% sold from 71 to 80.50, 60% sold from 59 to 70, and the bottom 20% sold 58 and down. Cull bulls sold from 87 to 94, with thin, full, and bulls over 1 ton discounted. As for our calves, quality Holstein bull calves sold 70 to 110, topping at 130. Quality Holstein heifer calves sold 70 to 125, and our light and poor quality calves were 50 and down. As for our feeder cattle, beef feeder steers were 110 to 142, beef feeder heifers were 60 to 78. Our next sheep and goat and small animal sale is January 21st. If you have any questions or would like someone to come to your farm and look at livestock, please contact us at 715-537-5618. This has been Brittany with your Equity Baron Market Report. Thank you and have a great day. And it's time to switch directions, and we'll hear from Hot Eman and Sparta Equity. Fed cattle selling steady today with the high yielding choice beef steers and heifers bringing 157 to 167, topping at 169. Choice and select beef steers and heifers 146 to 156. The dairy cross steers 137 to 152. The high yielding choice Holstein steers 138 to 145. The choice and select Holstein steers 127 to 137 with the unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers 126 and down. Cow market steady with the high yielding cows bringing 75 to 85, topping at 87. The cutters and utilities 59 to 74 with the low yielding and canner cows 50 eight and down bull market steady with most bulls bringing 85 to 95 with a thin full of bulls over a ton discounted at 84 and down calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80 percent of the holstein bull calves bringing from 80 to 150 the quality holstein heifer calves 10 to 60 cents the quality beef calves 210 to 340 with the light import quality calves 10 to 60 cents per pound just a reminder our next sale will be monday january 16th Starting at 12.30 with sheep and goats, followed by hogs, calves, fed cattle, bulls, and cows. This is Hut Aimer to Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to continue on with our equity report. I've got Jerry Fitzgerald from Stratford. What's going on up there? Well, Jill, and a very good morning to you. So we'll uh, we'll get right into the market report, if that's all right with you. Absolutely. All right, Jill, thank you, and good morning, everyone. Summary from yesterday, Wednesday here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the feeder cattle auction yesterday. Uh, lighter weight beef steers yesterday, selling mostly from 135 to 175. Heavier beef steers, uh, selling from $1.18 to $1.45. Lighter weight beef peppers from uh, 135 to 165. Heavier beef heifers, uh, one twelve to a dollar sixty-two. Holstein feeders, about all the weights of Holsteins, were selling from ninety to a dollar twenty-five. Now we'll move over to the market portion of the auction yesterday on the cow market. Fully steady market on the cows yesterday. High yielding fleshy Holstein cows from uh, seventy-five to eighty-eight. Extreme top on the cows at ninety dollars. That was on high yielding beef cows. Uh, most of the cows yesterday and this week are selling from fifty-five to seventy-five. Center cows like carcass cows below 55. On the bull trade, better quality bulls are at 84 to 92. Lighter weight bulls, 82 and below. On the Fed cattle trade, choice grading Holstein steers in yesterday's auction, selling mostly from $1.25 to $1.39. Uh, no real high choice prime cattle at the auction yesterday. And select grading cattle, underfinished cattle, 120 and below. 
On the calf market, good quality Holstein bull calves, mostly from 75 to 160. Uh, earlier in the week on Monday's auction, a lot of those bull calves sold from 170 up to a top of 225. Heifer calves this week, uh, mostly $90 and below. And beef calves, 150 to 300. Uh, top this week at 345 also on Monday's sale. Our auction today starts at 11 o'clock. Marketing auction today with market cattle and baby calves. We'll get to those uh, after the lunch hour today, about 12, 1230. And I just want to remind the folks, our next dairy auction here in Stratford uh, is next Tuesday. Uh, that will be uh, January 17th. We've got a lot of cattle consigned for that sale next week. So uh, you folks take a look at our uh, website on that. Uh, got a consignment of some good quality springing freestyle heifers. Also uh, a consignment of some just recently fresh first calf heifers. So uh, just a lot, of, a lot of good quality cattle on that sale next week. And also some of these will be organic. So... Full listing on our website. So check that out, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page, and you'll have that information. And, again, if you got any questions, uh, 715-687-4101 is our phone number. So, Jill, uh, oh, I'm getting close to 6 o'clock, so I better send it back to you so you can wrap things up. Absolutely. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Jerry. Sounds good. And get a little rest today, okay? <laughs> I will try. <laughs> All right, Jill. Talk to you later. Yep. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. And uh, he's talking about me needing a little rest. I'm running on three hours. I'm just not a college kid anymore. So it's kind of going to catch up to me, I think, pretty soon. But we've got a few more chores to get done here. Let's take a look at our market sponsored by Northside Elevator. Chicago Board of Trade, March Corn, six fifty nine, up three cents. March oats three fifty up a penny. March soybeans fifteen oh six up thirteen cents. And soybean meal for March four hundred seventy nine dollars a ton. That's up four dollars. And March wheat eight twenty four up two cents. And those markets are all headed upward. And our country elevator prices: wheat and grain of Chippewa Falls. Location is at six oh five for corn and fourteen forty seven for soybeans. Connorsville six oh five and fourteen forty two. Golden Plump and Arcadia six thirty three for their corn. Baldwin six sixteen for corn, fourteen thirty four for soybeans. Duran six oh seven, fourteen twenty eight. Mondovi six eighteen and fourteen thirty three. Elmwood six sixteen and fourteen thirty eight. Fall Creek five ninety eight and fourteen thirteen. Osseo six twenty one for corn and fourteen thirty eight for soybeans. Elk Mound six oh seven and fourteen thirty two. Sparta six oh two and fourteen twenty seven. Ellsworth five eighty seven for corn and thirteen eighty four for soybeans. And Northside Elevator Loyal Location six oh five for corn and fourteen thirty six for soybeans. And Loyal's and Northside Elevator. Arcadia location is at 624 for corn and 1438 for soybeans. And Northside Elevator is our sponsor for our markets today. And our ethanol plants, Boyceville, 634, Stanley, 621, and New Richmond, 618. And we'll swing on over to our dairy markets. Barrels, 180, no change from yesterday. 40-pound blocks, 218.5, no change. Gray AA butter, 243, no change from yesterday. And our Class 3 milk futures, January 1958, up a nickel. February 1929, up 19 cents. March down four cents to 1863. April 1888, up three cents. And May 1920, up nine cents. And there's not much movement through the end of the year on 
the Class 3 Milk Futures. We'll take one quick look at our weather today. Well, right now we're sitting at 33 degrees, but today it says the high of 29. So I'm thinking that we're going to be a high of 33 and maybe dropping a little bit because it's going to continue to be cloudy and the breeze is going to start rolling up. Tonight, 12. Tomorrow, 24 and mostly sunny. Tomorrow night, 10. Saturday, 33, partly sun. Sunday, 37, partial sun. Monday, 36 and cloudy. Tuesday, Wednesday, 30 and 31, partial sun. It'll be nice to see that sun coming out again, even though I need to have a little bit of shut eye pretty soon. But that's what I've got for you for the farm show here on Wax 104.5. Remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. And have a great day. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.